0: everybody. Welcome to The Right Side with Doug Billings. Thank you for watching and listening. We are on all of the major podcast platforms out there, so please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast. We are also on YouTube and Rumble. Now we are on Rumble, so search out, please, The Right Side with Doug Billings on YouTube and Rumble, and please subscribe to us. Subscribe to those channels. Stop by occasionally. I try to engage with you as much as I can with the comment section and so forth. And um, and if 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 you feel like you want to support the program, please reach out to us. We've started a GoFundMe page. I'll put the uh, information there on the screen for you. But today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take a look with you at the key differences between a conservative approach to life in general and the liberal approach. To life in general, I think it's important that we understand uh, th- these differences they, because they are critical. They, for the conservative side, we go to the human level of uh, development and achievement. Let, let me let me first set the stage here with regards to how I think we're going to see this play out with regards to our own development as a conservative movement, a conservative party. I think that the Republicans are going to retake the House of Representatives in 2022. I think that's a foregone conclusion. I think that we have seen socialism and communism being rejected by the vast majority of people. Uh, the, the latest statistics say that only 5% at most of the American population would even uh, want to entertain the idea of a serious approach to communism and socialism. So we know that, you know, the 95% of us who don't want socialism co- and communism are left to grapple with, you know, the the age-old question and differences of what it means to be a conservative and what it means to be a liberal. And our society, I think, is— is easily defined when we look at the differences of how we would approach life as each one of those groups. I, I think that we can point to, uh, I can give examples of how a liberal society would be, focusing more on politics than the individual, and then a conservative approach, focusing on the individual and developing de- developing the individual before we begin to develop the the uh, the society in general. I think that Pelosi and Schumer are in a bad position. You know, they're letting the the vast mi- minority of their party, you know, AOC, the squad, Bernie Sanders, dictate what they do. They are letting the minority in their party dictate everything that they do. There was, don't forget, my fellow patriots, there was a massive red wave in November where we gained so many seats in the House. Now we've got to hold the Senate this year, you know, in Georgia they've got that runoff election. You got to get out there and vote for Lawler and and Purdue. But in in November those those trends were not supposed to take place. We weren't supposed to enjoy such a a red wave, but we did. Partly, in fact, I think because of what I want to talk with you about today, and to hopefully give you hope, give you hope that we are on the right path as a party and as a group of conservative patriots. We're on the right path, and the hand of God and his divine providence is with us. Now, you'll never see this covered. You'll never see it talked about in the mainstream media. Of course you won't. We're the only ones that talk about this kind of thing. But the, the presumption of the common American is that socialism and communism, it must be some sort of a dominant political philosophical desire of the majority of Americans, and that's just not the truth, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to tell you and give you hope that's not the truth. The only reason that the common American thinks that or might be tempted to believe that is because that's all we see on the mainstream media, the the surge of the radical left. You know, we, we saw the burning of America over the summer, and I'll get to that in a moment. But it, it is, I think, that we have to be honest. Socialism and communism is, is clearly gaining some momentum, especially within the younger generations, but it's not yet anywhere near a, a majority mindset of the American population. But there are parental and there are educational reasons as to why this is happening. But still, like I said, far too few people that believe truly in socialism and communism to make up a majority, anywhere near a majority of the people. Remember, there's key differences between us, key differences between conservatives and liberals. And I think that it helps us uh, achieve hope when we look at and we talk about these differences. I really do. I think it's an important discussion that uh, that we don't have often enough. Let me Let me explain. Conservatives believe that in order to better society, in order to make society a better place, better functioning, that we have to begin first with the individual, with us, inside. We have to try to change from within to become the best version of ourselves that we can be. That's the conservative approach. Strive to overcome our individual failures, our individual challenges, our individual adversities. And we do this with a combination of faith, faith in God. We do it with prayer, and we do it with individual effort. And sometimes along the way, if we're lucky, we have good mentors. We have good parents. So is then when we focus on those internal individual things, when we become The best version of ourselves and on the way of on the pathway to becoming the the best version of ourselves, we begin to influence society in a positive way. We believe as conservatives that meeting challenges and adversities is part of life. We don't try to hide from challenges or adversity. I'm not saying that we always enjoy them. They're not pleasant, challenges and adversities. But we understand that if we're able to meet them and beat them, overcome them, that we become better. We become better. Usually, we start thinking about this in school when we are in pursuit of our academic achievements or our athletic achievements, right? overcoming the adversity, studying, training. Some of us, we, we, all of us typically have setbacks. All of us have some triumphs along the way. But each of those things, triumphs and setbacks, teach us valuable lessons, what I call seeing everything as a gift, seeing all that comes our way as a gift. Even the tragedies, even the adversities, the challenges, that come our way, see them as a gift. That's what sets us as conservatives aside from the liberals. So, what do I mean, seeing adversity as a gift? How do we do that? What are you talking about, Doug? So let me let me be specific. I personally have been through divorce. I personally have been a victim of cancer. I have two incredible sons. One is 26 on his own, making a life for himself. I couldn't be more proud of him, and I love him dearly. And I have an 18-year-old son, still in high school, who was born with a 23rd, an extra chromosome on his 21st string of chromosomes. I call it the divine chromosome. God reached down and gave him what I call the divine chromosome. For those of you that know what trisomy 21 is, it's Down syndrome. Now, both of my sons are blessings, and I'm a fortunate, blessed father to have both of them in my life. But as we look at people that have gone through divorce or cancer, or we have a son who has a child who has disabilities, you know, when you're in the midst of all of that, it's not often easy to be able to sit back and say, well, gee, this is just a gift. This is so great. I'm really glad that I have this in my life. You know, in each of those cases, whether you're going through a divorce, whether you're going through cancer, whether you're, you have a child with disabilities, whatever, whatever it may be, um, it often feels like we're watching one of those nature channels, right? The, the, the lava from the volcano is erupting and the lava slowly, slowly creeps over and burns everything in sight. And it seems like that's our life, being burnt, right? The lava is destroying everything. And if we watch the show long enough, usually they show that the lava cools down. And although the life that was there has been scorched and, all, and destroyed, which is really what we feel like in our own lives when we go through challenges and adversities, after a time, the lava cools and, and, and the new life that comes up and sprouts forth from that is more fertile than what was there before. And so it is with our lives. It's the same thing. So if we as conservatives in this in this entire terrible, crappy year of 2020 can take a step back and look at the challenges and adversities that have come our way, and they may be many, and they could be financial, and we might feel helpless and hopeless, suicide is never the answer, ladies and gentlemen. Alcoholism is never the answer. I'm trying to give you hope. Take a step back and see everything as a gift. I wouldn't change a thing about my two sons, Down syndrome or not. I have been blessed by that child, both of my sons, in ways that I can't explain to you, nor do I have the time to really get into here. But you know, those of you that are parents, you know, even the divorce, even the cancer taught me valuable lessons. It, it enables you to see everything as a gift. And if we're able to cross that threshold to see everything as a gift, we develop The virtue that makes us the happiest people on the planet. Do you know what that virtue is? It's gratitude. Grateful people are the happiest people on the planet. And that's the truth. That's not a platitude. That's the truth. But that's because we can overcome challenges. We can overcome adversity. We're able to see it all as a gift. Right? We look at these things and we meet them head on. We don't run away from them. It's different for for the radical left they don't they don't believe that the individual is the starting point to improve society they believe that the failings of society are the starting point they'll start with things like xenophobia homophobia islamophobia whatever and then they'll want to use politics to thrust change upon us that's the difference you see we conservatives look internally to to develop the character of the individual, liberal, radical left members of our society will look and point to a specific ill, racism, xenophobia, whatever, and say, well, in order to fix this, we don't need to focus on the individual. We just need to thrust politics and force change upon the society in order to fix it. And that that never works. You see, that's socialism. That's communism. And every time a society becomes socialist or communism, they become evil. Look, it's true. Our founding fathers believed that the way that we conservatives believe today, that the divine providence of God himself guides us and provides for us the elements that come together to create our republic. For us, politics is not the way to change America. The personal development of the character of the human being is the way that we change society for the better. This is why we value life. We value life. We don't want to see babies ripped from the womb and aborted. For the left, for the radical left, abortion is just a convenience for someone who doesn't want to take responsibility. So the character of the individual is the way to keep America. The the value of the individual is the way to make America great again. And this is what President Trump has been doing. This is why the founders wanted religion taught in every grade level from kindergarten on through the universities. Religion, philosophy. John Adams himself said, and I'll quote him directly here, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. And along those same lines, Benjamin Franklin said, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. You see, the left, the radical left, are not religious, they're not godly, they're not virtuous, and therefore they're not capable of freedom. And this is acted out, in their thrusting of politics upon us. The mask mandates, the lockdowns, the wreckage of the economy, for wildly unnecessary panic. There's no reason that we should shut down our economy to keep people out of work, to make them give up their businesses. That's political slavery. And it's not freedom because there's no virtue there. There's no godly honor of developing the character of the individual, it's simply thrusting politics upon the society in order to make change. The radical new democratic socialist communist party is not—it's not a moral or religious party, as Adams said that we have to be. I mean, all you, you think that I'm wrong about that? If any of you doubt that the that the new democratic socialist communist party is not virtuous, it's not religious, and it's not moral. Just look what they did all year long. The burning of American cities. Riots, looting, arson, anarchy, toppling statues, murder, rape. They did That was the radical new Democratic Socialist Party electoral base. They were on the streets, and it was behavior that clearly is not moral, and it's not religious, it's not godly. And Franklin's quote, only a virtuous people... Are capable of freedom rings true today when you look at the mask mandates, the shutdowns of business, the the the, the prohibition of religion and church, shutting down your businesses, wrecking your livelihoods, canceling Christmas. Where I mean, where we can go on and on. There's no freedom in those behaviors because the party thrusting those behaviors upon you is not a virtuous or godly. Party. From the from the time of our founding, ladies and gentlemen, until the 1960s, schools and our parents focused on this character development that I'm talking about. But since the rise of the left, we've been bullied into the abandonment of teaching of Christianity, of religion in our schools. The Bible, unless you go to a school that somehow miraculously allows the Bible to be taught as an elective isn't taught at all anymore. We're taught not how to develop our character with the application of morality and religion, but rather we're taught that our society is inherently racist and evil. We're taught that our kids are taught that American exceptionalism is a sin. It's bigoted. It leads to the oppression of other people, not only in America, but throughout the world. We're taught that this global warming is the biggest threat of our world that we face. And we look and we see that the exceptionalism that we are, the truth of American exceptionalism is trampled upon. And then when we get into the universities, we're taught that Economic inequality is a sin. It's the fault of the tyrannical white man and that Caucasians are guilty of white privilege and that we perpetuate a culture of rape on university campuses simply because men and women want to date each other. That consensual relationships are sinful and harmful. Christian people who want to simply date each other, are labeled part of the rape culture on our campuses at universities now. Historians know that throughout our history, the two primary influencers in all of this, as we look at history, the two primary influencers of a person's character are fathers and religion. And that's a conservative approach to life. Now, the liberals, when they hear that, their heads explode. Fathers? You mean men and religion? What? They Their heads explode. It's a conservative process, believe me, and I know it. Fathers and religion, these are the two fundamentally necessary elements that are missing from America today. The systematic problems in America are not, first, racism or prejudice, the single most significant problem in America today is the demise of the traditional family. One man, one woman, and their children, with the father as the spiritual head of the household and with the wife together developing the character of their children, teaching them to be godly. Raised with religion in the household, praying and eating together at the dinner table, learning and teaching their children how to overcome adversity, how to meet challenges, and that life isn't always fun, and that we don't always get our way, to see that everything that comes their way is a gift, and to glean the blessings even from the tragic events in life that they can find, if parents, mother and father, come together and teach their children that you can find wonder, joy, and meaning in this life with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, at the center of all that we do. Liberal parents don't do that. There is no discussion of God and individual character. There is no lessons of how to overcome adversity and challenges in life. There are participation trophies. They're told to go fix society without first teaching their kids to fix yourself first. They don't believe in facing, overcoming, and achieving. They don't see overcoming adversity in any of that. Challenges for them are not their fault, and they're thrust upon us because that's unfair, Everybody gets a participation trophy, and, of course, we know that does not teach character. Giving participation trophies and teaching children not to overcome tragedy, adversity, and challenges does one thing really well, ladies and gentlemen. It teaches them how to have uncontrollable meltdowns when they don't get their way. All we had to do is look at the 2016 presidential election to see adult people raised by parents who taught them that participation trophies are all you need that couldn't cope because they've never been taught how to overcome adversity they've never been taught that you, not, you know you might not get your way this time that you'll have to work through that well it's because they don't begin with the individual they don't teach individual development in those liberal households I mean, we, we all have those memories. We, we all saw that happen right on live television, the meltdown. And it continued for the four years of the Trump presidency. It, it displayed itself in the whole resist movement. People who were never taught how to develop their individual character had absolute meltdowns. And we saw it this past year in 2020. Every time you saw a young adult, and they're usually white, Yelling, screaming at law enforcement officers, officers, spitting upon them, throwing rocks through windows, rioting, looting, all and in all of that that we saw, those people come from families who are broken, who don't know God, who don't know how to teach their children or themselves how to overcome adversity and to see everything as a gift, and so therefore they burn cities, they assault police officers, they topple statues because, again, they want to thrust their politics upon us. The paradox is that our society will never improve if we don't first strive to improve our individual character. And we as conservatives are on that path, ladies and gentlemen. We are the godly party, the godly people of this nation. And although we are not perfect, far from it, We are on the path of individual development. We want to develop society because of the way that we develop our own individual character. God, prayer, family, the traditional family unit. Teaching our children to overcome adversity and challenges to see everything as a gift so that they will be able to see in this world the wonder and the joy and the meaning that God himself intends us to discover. And we do that on the right side. We do that as being part of the Republican Party and rooting out all that is not part of individual growth and character development. So that's the hope I want to leave you with today, ladies and gentlemen. Not one of our typical shows. We don't get in, didn't get into a lot of real politics, but I think that it helps us to understand the differences in the people that we see out there. The radical new Democratic Socialist Communist Party are empty shells of human beings with no godly drive. They're not possessed by the Holy Spirit, and they see only politics to be thrust upon us to change society. We see individual character development based in a godly approach to the world and how we view it and how we live with and treat each other. Listen, we've got a week until Christmas. I want to take a moment to thank you for all of the prayers uh, that uh, over the last couple of weeks as I recovered from COVID. I uh, recovered just fine, thank you. Never even took any medication for it other than a few vitamins. Um, thank you for your prayers and your concerns. I've received your messages. I try to respond as much as I can. Please check out our GoFundMe account. Try to help out so that we can keep these messages coming. I'm not much of a salesman, but we do need some help in order to keep this message coming. And let's pray for each other out there. I wish you and your families the the best, most blessed Christmas ever. And even though it's 2020, uh, and even though you might think that it's not possible, have yourself a merry little Christmas out there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll meet again right here on the right side with Doug Billings. I appreciate all of you. God bless you. God bless America and our republic. Cheers.